Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, coming from Hamburg, a hasher who started in the Near East and has covered nearly all the continents. Groinbiter. Welcome, Groinbiter. Hi, Ra. How are you doing? Great. Let's start right in. For people that know you or don't, tell us how and when and where you started hashing. I started hashing in the Middle East uh, when I was in the military. We were in the Gulf with not a lot to do. A friend of mine from the military, he said, why don't you come hashing? Of course, I immediately assumed it was drugs and said, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. But we went out to Kobar Towers, the, the hash in Dahran. And then the following weekend, we went to Bahrain and we did, I can't even remember the event. It was some momentous event that they had. And I can't remember because I got absolutely shit-faced. Can I say shit-faced? Yeah, this is listed as explicit. It was in Saudi Arabia, your first hash. That event may have been intergolf. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, the Kobar Towers hash was a weekly hash that ran. I think it was weekly, actually. I can't remember. It was in 1994. We went to Bahrain in February, I think it was, and went to this weekend. And it was my first weekend hash. Like I said, I absolutely shit-faced because they made this punch, which I just assumed was fruit juice because, you know, we're in the Gulf, it's dry. And I was just drinking pints of this punch. So I don't remember much except for waking up at some point, face up thankfully in the swimming pool <laughs> that's great way at the beginning were you on a ship were you stationed in saudi air force yeah i was stationed in dahran where along the way did you get your hash name well when we came back from the gulf i married a husband number two we got posted to raf bruggen in germany we started running with west rhine when west rhine hash house harriers was still running and still had a club there well it depends who you are because if you're someone i don't really like or have any interest in i tell you that basically i bite groins basically for the interests of so not to lie i basically got it because my then husband and i were coming back from a beer call where we just drank a lot and we were cycling home and he couldn't see because he didn't have a bike light on a front light or a back light so he was using my back light to track where we were going and I had the front light which was making sure we didn't hit anything and he kept his front wheel kept hitting my back wheel so of course I was bitching at him and telling to, to stop doing that and we went round a 90 degree bend well I went round a 90 degree bend he didn't he went straight and his front wheel hit my back wheel he came off his bike and what I didn't know as he skidded along the road in the meantime the handlebar had actually thumped right into his groin area apart from all the the scarring on his face where his skin was scraped off and on his side the next day he had this rainbow colored leg or groin area when we went to the hash a couple of days later of course he's telling everybody his war story yeah he's showing everybody his groin and it really did look like I'd bitten him in his groin so of course I got named groin biter Brilliant. That was on West Rhine, that naming? It was, yeah. And that was husband number one or two? Number two. That was number two? Okay. Just get, try to get straight here. Okay. 
Okay, great. You mentioned away hashing. Right away, you dropped in on the hash. What other away hashes pre-pandemic course? What other away hashes and trips are your favorites and most memorable? Well, that train, that train journey we were on a few years ago, I loved that trip, that week going down from Bangkok to Kuala Lumpur. That was really fantastic. I really enjoyed that one. Rumble back to mother. That was it. I don't remember these things, usually because I'm pissed and that's the problem. I get really, really drunk and then I just don't remember because there's been so many. And Killer Hill in Bergen. I love the Killer Hill. That's always memorable. For that one, I was absolutely shocked because Bruce Almighty, the Aberdeen hasher, we were running, literally running up this mountain. Uh, Bruce wasn't. He, he knows it and he admits it. He's not the fittest of people, but he got there before me. I was absolutely shocked. I was stunned. And even Cosmo was saying, like, how the hell did he get up here? Because I was about the 10th person up this, this mountain and Bruce was there before me. So, yeah, that was always a good one. Mijas, Mijas is always good Madrid, we did this one uh, hash with Madrid, again it was the celebratory hash and we went uh, no it was a Javea hash, we did the run and then we stopped up in this park and it was just fantastic because they just set out this fantastic picnic and the drinks tables and we had hash games and one of the hashes, you know when you run around a broomstick and then you get all dizzy and he just went straight into the beer table and nobody cared about him, everybody just ran for the beer, like, save the beer, save the beer. And this poor guy's lying there, sort of having crashed into the table and collapsed everything. It was just so funny. Yeah, I mean, there's so many hashes, away hashes, because that's usually what I do is away hashes. I don't really have a local running group here or hash group. So. Where are you now? A Hamburg. With a lot of travel, starting out in the Gulf, apart from these husbands, were, were there influential hashers or hashing mentors who formed how you learned or decided to hash? Oh, Ra, no one mentors me. <laughs> Did anyone influence you? No, I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are there people you have influenced that you're aware of? No, because no one listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on several continents with hashing. We've already talked about Europe, the Near East, the Middle East, Asia. Are there hashing traditions and preferences you have? What do you like? What could you do without maybe on hash trails and hash events? I love the hash trails, the way that we follow flour or paper or sawdust or whatever. I really like that. I could really do without these endless circles at the end of a hash because usually you're tired and all you want to do is either shit, shower, shave and head out and have a beer. But these endless, endless, endless or three or four hour circles, I, I could really do without them. Sure. But other than that, I just find with hashing, what I really like about it is that if there's anything you don't want to participate in it, you just walk away from it. If we do have an endless circle, I'll stay for as long as I feel happy to stay for. And then I just walk away, take my beer or cider or whatever, and just sit somewhere else and usually talk to other hashers. I really like that about hashing. And I like how we don't judge to a point. You know, I, I know that there are judgy people, but I like how on a hash I've seen people who are new and they're accepted. I've seen people who are transvestites and they're accepted. There's just so many different people and we just take them for what they are and allow them to be what they are and what they want to be within the confines of our hash community. And I like that. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. 
You started in the mid-90s, and some people say that was the heyday of hashing, pre-pandemic. Have you seen hashing change over these last 25, 26 years? Of course it changes, because you, you get different people, and I find that you get people that will join hashing because they're in a situation where, for them, there's nothing else to do. So, for example, in Saudi, you either sit in the, the room or you go out to the gym. So when someone gives a different option, like come and join and meet people and go for a run, even better. So I think people get drawn into hashing that way. And then I find that there's a group of people that will then, they're raising families or they've moved back to their original place where they, they come from and they just don't hash anymore. And then there's people who will come back to hashing. And I think it's this demographic within the hashing community that we have forces the change. The changes that I've seen are mainly coming from the, the younger people who are coming into hashing now. I mean, there's changes, mostly for the good, but there are some things which I can definitely do without. Go ahead. What are they? What, the things I can definitely do without? Yeah. Well, I think most people who know me would, would probably laugh because I'm the last person to say that, yes, yeah, sex and uh, gratification and things like that bother me. I do have a problem with some of the hashers who think it's okay to just... I'll give you an example, actually. I was at a UK Nash hash a few years ago and someone just came up and grabbed my boo and, wow. and just did a honk honk. Bearing in mind, I'd never seen this person. If it's someone I know, you know, it's slightly different. But when you've never seen anybody and they do that, and I kind of told him if he does it again, not only will he lose his teeth, but I'll rip his balls off and he'll never father another child. And he kind of looked at me shocked and said, what's your problem? It's a hash. I don't like this anything goes attitude because uh, there are still boundaries and just think that hashes need to sometimes bear that in mind. Not everybody, but there are some people. You know, as I always say to people, I'm not approved by any means. Of course not. If you, talk, if you talk to me, I'm probably one who sexually harasses men more than they sexually harass me. But the grabbing thing really gets me. Just not understanding boundaries, I, uh, that really is something that irks me, to say the least. Thankfully, most people know not to do it to me because they know what they get. And I understand and I know that there are women who don't feel comfortable with it and they're maybe not as forthright as I am. So it's not a pleasant situation for them, you know. That's very well said. I think an enormous number of people will be glad to hear that on this podcast and hear you say that. Because I think if it isn't how we all feel, it's how we all need to feel about that behavior, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, who do you get in trouble with? Who are your hashing buddies that you meet up with on trips and get <laughs> like getting in trouble and seeing? Anybody and everybody that's happy to drink. <laughs> okay, give us some give us some memorable characters, call out. You know, um, make Obviously, there's Cosmo. He's always good for a laugh and uh, good to, to get drunk with. Subo, shut up and bend over from Munich. Boo Boo, she's in Kaiserslautern. Sex toy. She's one of the ones who's my drinking compadre. She's whenever we're together. Yep, we get drinking. Uh, talking about those away hashes and weekend events, of course, Rumble to Mother, we had a long train with lots of people. Yeah. And there are world inner hashes. What's an ideal size for you for an event? What's a great weekend size hash event? Um, I, 
I have to be honest and say that I don't really have a preference. If I see a weekend that I really want to go to, I book myself on the weekend. I generally really, really look forward to the weekend. And usually you've got a who's coming list. So mm -hmm. if it's a smaller hash, I prefer to have uh, people that I know that I'm going to get on with and have a really good time with. If there's new people there, even better because you, you meet new people. And that's one of the things I like about hashing. Usually if I've signed up for an event, I just look forward to it anyway. Apart from helping a handlebar smack a groin, has the hash hurt you, put you in the hospital, or got you way lost? Uh, hurt me? No. Got me lost uh, just about every run I do. <laughs> no, I've never sort of been arrested or gone into a hospital because of it. Not that I can remember anyway. In a lot of parts of the world, it seems one thing that unites us is eventually we're going to get in trouble with the public with a white powder hash. Have you had any experience with white powder event hashes? Yeah, with Surrey hash, we were down in, and I can't even remember again because I go on so many weekends and they all start fading into one. But there was one weekend we were down in a seaside town. It might even have been Brighton. Oh, I'm sure the Surrey hashes will, will sort me out on that one. And I was with one of my friends, actually, who I do get um, stinkingly drunk with, and usually we get into trouble. That's Bon Bugle from Surrey Hash House Harriers. Basically, we went out for a walk on the Sunday prior to the hash. We were just really, really wasted and hung over the night before. And we needed some fresh air just to stop feeling so icky. And there was white powder. And when we looked, we walked down about 500 meters, 800 meters from the hotel. And there was the police had cordoned off the whole uh, street. And we were sort of like, oh, what's going on? What are they doing? So we sort of walked up, asked what was going on. And then they were like, you need to clear the area, love. There's white powder here. We don't know what it is. And we were like, all right, OK, maybe we can help you. Yeah. Another hash tradition is red dress hashes, yeah. often for charity. Do you participate in red dress runs? I do. I love red dress runs. And I actually went to Los Angeles. Is it Los Angeles on the coast? Mm -hmm. Is that Los Angeles? There's Los Angeles and San Diego. Oh, no, it was San Diego, where the red dress run started, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, um, they had, I think it was the 25th anniversary, and I was working in Cambridge at the time. I made a long weekend and literally flew into San Diego, did the red dress run and flew back again. So nice. that, that was good fun. They were a really nice crowd, and they were all stunned that I'd just literally flown in for the weekend for this red dress run. And I was like, yeah, why not? It's really good fun. Brilliant. There's lots of hashers been hashing a long time, get older, change their running abilities and interests. People move around. Pandemic has affected a lot of clubs that had to stop. The Kiwis have been pretty lucky. They only had two months down. Do you yeah. think there's a permanent impact or... Do you think other changes in society with the hash having a tougher time staying underground? What do you think is the future of hashing? Is it going to survive sort of as it is long term, have to change? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I sometimes look at the, the hash numbers and think, oh, you know, they seem to be dwindling. Um, and I think I think this is a society thing, to be honest. Um, I, I personally think that uh, part of it is the fact that we, we call ourselves um, a running club with a drinking problem, drinking club with a running club. Um, and I, I just think that quite a lot of the youngsters these days, they don't want to do all this drinking. And sometimes I think that we, we push 
the fact that we're, we're drinkers, 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 which of course we are, and that's fair enough, you know, I'm the last one to say anything about that. But I just think that if we maybe, dare I use the word advertised or, or projected ourselves a bit more of a sport club as opposed to a kind of get absolutely ham-shankered club, we would probably get more people. And the way that I think about this is uh, Park Run is like a group that meets in a park at the weekend and then they go for a run. Ah. And in Hamburg, we've got this group called the Tide Runners that meet and they go for a run. And then that's it. And then the Tide Runners will actually all have a beer at the end of it as well. They don't do a circle or anything like that, but they will have a beer. And when you look at the Tide Runners pre-pandemic, they were getting anywhere between 40 to 60 people every single run. And Hamburg, Hash House Harriers, we struggled to get like two. And I just think maybe it's the way we project ourselves. And I'm not saying that what we do is bad. I mean, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. It's just the way we project ourselves. And if we wanted younger people to come along, I believe a lot of younger people would enjoy hashing, would enjoy the whole atmosphere that we have. But I just think we need to market ourselves differently because times have changed and youngsters have a different idea of what they want to do now. Yeah, there are stories I hear from people who say, I heard about the hash and boy, I, I didn't go for years because what I heard about it. Yeah. And now they've been hashing for decades. Yeah, so sometimes getting over the initial reputation. I'm on go to the hash, so I do keep an eye on what's happening in the world. And if there's availability somewhere and I see it's last minute, then I'll take it. It's the same with Interhash, Eurohash, Nash hashes. If there's Regios for sale and I want to go, then I'll take them. So I do that last minute. And because of alternate life that actually provides money and keeps me in hashing it's not always easy to plan anyway so i am pretty much an ad hoc hasher oh. I, I do plan some events but a lot of them are very ad hoc well over 25 years we've already mentioned north america europe near east asia are there have you hit the other continents or are there other places you'd like to go just are exotic that you'd love to get to a hash on uh, hashed in Australia, and I've signed up for the New Zealand Nash Hash 2023. I would really like to go to Japan, and I thought I was going to get there with work, and I thought, great, I can go and hash with the hashes in Japan, but that never happened, but I would really like to do that. And I would like to go to South America, and again, I thought I would be able to do a South American trip this year, but again, all this COVID stuff is just making things not happen at the moment. But yeah, South America would be good. Kiwi Nash Hash is one of the best events. We, we go every two years. Oh, cool. Yeah. And there's hashing every day. You can pick up a, almost a spot and hash every day on the way. It's really good. And there's a couple, well, there's, they have special events. Yeah, yeah that's, that's whatever. what I'm hoping to do. So, yeah. You mentioned your work. Has the hash ever impacted your career in any other ways? No, because whenever I go for an interview and they ask you about what you do and you do for interest and, and I tell them about hashing and I tell them exactly, exactly what happens. And one of the jobs I had, I told them about hashing and my new boss in the interview, he heard about hashing and he knew about hashing. And then I went to a Stuttgart Nash Hash, German Nash Hash in Stuttgart. This is quite a few years ago now. We all had to dress as superheroes. And I decided to go as the superhero tutu fairy because I wanted to wear a tutu. 
Um, don't ask. I, I don't know what I was thinking of in those days. What on earth was I smoking? One of my other mates, who who is a bit of a... We, we egg each other on as well. Pink Panther from Brussels. He was dressed as She-Ra. And then there was someone dressed as Spider-Man, obviously, and there was a Superman. And we ended up in the pool because, that's right, Spider-Man was trying to drown She-Ra. So I jumped in to try and get Spider-Man off of She-Ra. And then Superman jumps in and tries to drown me. Well, in that process, I hurt my back. And I went to work after this weekend because I flew back and I thought, God, this back's playing me up. And when I got into the office, I could hardly walk. And my boss, he kind of looked at me and he went, dare I ask? So I gave him the Spider-Man trying to drown She-Ra, and then I jumped in, saved uh, She-Ra, and then Superman jumped in and tried to drown me. And he just looked at me, he was like, yeah, you might just want to go home. He said, instead of hashing, he said, I think you've been smoking the hash instead of actually hashing. Let's go home. <laughs> you got a sick day, yeah. Okay, groin biter, I've got one final question. Yeah. Is the RA always right? It depends who the RA is. <laughs> I told you, I make my own rules up. <laughs> Pay me some money and you'll always be right. <laughs> I want to thank Groin Biter for dropping by the podcast today. This is the On On Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. Until next time, On On. This is Raw. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low.